Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. talk today about writing a literature essay for GCSE, um, particularly one that is looking and is heavily weighted towards context. Um, and I'm going to be talking about how, you know, how we how we write a successful literature essay. Um, and I'm going to be using Austin's Pride and Prejudice as my kind of example text um, to just dig into some strategies really for writing an effective essay. Now, the first thing is it's got to be relevant to the question. Um, and, you know, if you're doing an exam, the one thing examiners hate is when kids learn a set essay on a set topic and then they just ch- basically churn it out regardless of whatever the question is. Um, and in WJC, at least, um, they've been using a lot of viewpoints in the question. So, for example, I've got this one here. The main concern of the novel is the plight of poor single women. To what extent do you agree with this statement? And so essentially, um, when you study the novel, you're going to study some broad themes and ideas. For example, with Pride and Prejudice, you're going to look at marriage as a theme. You're going to look at position of women as a theme. And these are all broad brushstroke areas of the text. But the point is, with a question like this, they are asking you really to be very selective from those broader themes to select the information that's most relevant and throughout your essay to apply it to this quote about poor single women. Now this phrase the plight of poor single women really um, another word for plight could be desperate situation desperately bad situation and the key with a lit essay, and with, to be honest, any essay, is that every paragraph needs to come back to that question focus. And if you find yourself, you know, going off into talking about marriage or going off into talking about some characters, whilst it may be um, relevant by proxy, you have to make it explicitly relevant by coming back to the question and solidifying your own argument. So it's not going to be good enough in in this case with the plight of poor single women um, to basically just go off into an essay on marriage in Pride and Prejudice. Because unless you refer back to the question and explain how, you know, marriage was for many women a solution to being a poor single woman, such as the case of Charlotte Lucas, um, unless you link it back, it doesn't seem very relevant. It, it looks like you've just learned an essay on marriage and you're going to just churn it out regardless of what the question is. So you have to filter through what you know about these themes and ideas um, and keep coming back to the question. Now, just a little note on introductions as well. The introduction of an essay is your opportunity to really lay out the parameters of the essay. So, you know, you've got this question on the plight of poor single women. There's a lot you could say about this and and they do not expect you, you know, in an exam condition, say you've got 40 minutes to write this essay, they they do not expect you to cover every single thing in Pride and Prejudice that's relevant to this question. You know, just thinking off the top of my head, you know, I could write about three or four different female characters in Pride and Prejudice to do with this question, but I probably wouldn't have time to do that in the exam. 
So in the introduction, I'm going to lay out some really helpful boundaries for my essay. Um, you know, for example, I could say uh, something more general about Austen's viewpoint um, about poor single women, Austen being uh, a poor single woman for, for, for some time in her life as well, um, and put it into the context. Um, and I might, you know, I might want to refer to some wider debates in society that were going on with Hannah Moore, Mary Wollstonecraft, the idea of why is it that women are so dependent on marriage as a solution? Well, it's because they don't have the education to open up careers so that they can actually support themselves financially. And the law of the land uh, prevents women from being financially independent as well. So I want to give some background to that more generally in the introduction, but then I want to outline, well, what's my essay going to deal with? Um, and perhaps for the purpose of this question, the plight of poor single women, I might just focus on two characters, Charlotte Lucas and Elizabeth Bennett. So in my introduction, I might say something like, you know, um, you know there, there, are, there are several characters in the novel which illustrate the plight of poor single women, but I'm going to focus on Charlotte Lucas um, and her decision to marry Collins because of being a poor single woman. And Elizabeth Bennet, despite her situation as a poor single woman, refusing to do that. Um, and what Austin, how Austin wants us to respond to those decisions as a reader. And then as I go through my essay, I can then give some detail about, you know, Charlotte Lucas deciding very deliberately to um, manufacture Collins's proposal to herself and marry him to secure her own future. And then importantly, with this information, how Austin wants us to deal with that. And that brings me on to another thing that we need in the essay. We need a really clear sense. How does the writer want us to respond to what the characters do? Because, you know, in, in any given novel you're studying, characters make decisions, but the writer doesn't always want you to approve of this, those decisions. The writer doesn't always want you to emulate those decisions. So in Charlotte's decision to marry Collins, it's important that we see, firstly, the sympathy that Austin clearly has for poor single women. You know, who in their right mind would want to marry Collins? You know, this is the question that, that we're asking ourselves as readers when we view him. You know, every time he speaks, he's he's pompous, he's foolish. He mentions Lady Catherine de Bourgh about five times in every sentence. Um, clearly, a decision to marry Collins, is, it shows the desperation that Charlotte Lucas is in. And there is definitely some sympathy for that. And in Austen's narrative voice, as she's telling us that... Um, Miss Lucas accepted Collins purely and solely from the disinterested desire of an establishment. I mean, there was no emotion involved. There was no love involved. I mean, Charlotte says later on to, to Elizabeth, I'm not romantic, you know. Well, that's because she can't afford to be. Um, not really because she isn't romantic. Um, we've got all of that detail, but how does Austin want us to feel? Fundamentally, I think Austin wants to align... Um, our reactions with Elizabeth's, Elizabeth just can't get over the shock, you know, that her good, sensible friend would stoop to marrying someone like Collins. And I think ultimately, as much as there is sympathy for Charlotte, Austin wants us to look at, at Charlotte's decision and think, I, I don't want to copy her. Um, what we, she does give us in Elizabeth is a positive role model, someone who does bring forth this idea of marriage being companionship, equality, mutual affection, 
And that's something we can root for as a reader. And as a, obviously, it's one of the reasons why modern readers love Pride and Prejudice so much as well. We can really relate to Elizabeth Bennet's character and her decisions. I think modern readers will struggle a lot with Charlotte Lucas's decision. And that's, again, that's something you can explore is how do readers at the time react? How do modern readers react? How do we relate this to our own world? It's definitely the case that, that women, um, perhaps not at 27, but perhaps in our society, women in their 30s and 40s, um, you know, get questioned on why they aren't married or why they don't have children. Um, there are still those social expectations that women are under and that, that's a helpful comparison to make here. But we, we need to think about what does Austin want us to think, what the viewpoint of the writer is. And I think ultimately in, in juxtaposing Elizabeth's refusal to marry Collins with Charlotte's acceptance, Austin's showing us someone who's made a wrong choice and someone who's made a right choice. Um, and Elizabeth is rewarded because ultimately at the end of the novel, Elizabeth gets to marry for both financial security and love um, in a mutual relationship that's going to make her happy. So Austin, if you like, gives us the fairy tale ending where you don't have to compromise. But clearly there is um, a, a value in these novels about, you know, um, the, the sense of the moral value of marriage, that it shouldn't be used as an economic transaction. And that's what clearly comes across in the way Austin presents the characters. So as we go through our essay then, we're going to keep coming back to this idea of the plight of poor single women. We're going to look not just at what happens in the story, but what Austin wants us to think about it, how Austin wants us to respond. And we can also explore how different readers respond at different times to the story um, and link that back um, to make a really full exploration of how we respond to these characters and to their decisions and that's what I think makes a really successful literature essay is that not only have you understood the time the text was written but you can also apply it into your own context uh, and relate different ideas to the text um, and look at how different readers respond in different times too. The final thing that you've got to be really careful of with a literature context essay is to avoid info dumping. Okay, so when you're looking at a text, you may look a lot about the time it was written. You may learn things about the context. Um, and, you know, for Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, you might learn about Hannah Moore, Mary Wollstonecraft, the position of women, women's rights or lack of of rights during marriage. Um, you might learn about women's lack of education and opportunities in the workplace. And all of that is, is really important to know um, so that you understand the text. But in an essay, you know, you've got to view it as the salt and pepper of the meal rather than, um, you know, having a plate where you've got a lovely roast dinner or whatever and then suddenly you pour the entire contents of the salt shaker in a huge mountain in one pile on the plate uh, nobody wants that you wreck the meal so you've got to view context as the salt and pepper of the essay okay the driving focus of the essay is the text you're studying and the question so in this case that i'm looking at it's the plight of poor single women in pride and prejudice Every paragraph I write in my essay is going to centre around that. 
poor single women, pride and prejudice. And if I'm going off in other directions, I must make sure I'm bringing it back to poor single women and pride and prejudice. Otherwise, it's not relevant and I won't get any marks awarded. As long as I'm doing that, I can use my contextual knowledge as salt and pepper in my paragraphs. So for example, I might make a comment that Mary Wollstonecraft was a proponent in Austin's day um, of women having equal education and being viewed as having equal mental capacity and rationality um, as, as men. And therefore, how Austin shows the influence of Wollstonecraft in the way that Elizabeth Bennet says to Collins, I am speaking to you as a rational creature, you know, accept my refusal because I'm not being um, a, a coquette. I'm not trying to deceive you. I am being a rational creature. And obviously Collins doesn't understand what Elizabeth's doing because of the plight of poor single women. He can't believe that a woman in her position, you know, her own house is going to be handed over to him when her father dies. He can't believe a woman in that position would say no. Um, and so our, our awareness of Wollstonecraft is, 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 could be really helpful here in under, unpicking why Elizabeth says no and why Austin takes that standpoint. But what I don't want to do is siphon my paragraph off into a lengthy info dump about Mary Wollstonecraft. If I find myself writing more than one sentence about Mary Wollstonecraft, it's becoming an info dump. Um, and what examiners hate is, you know, copied and pasted stuff, Wikipedia style, um, that you're going to you're gonna chuck in your essay no matter what the question is. Um, and it's like pour, pouring the salt in a massive mountain. Nobody wants it. And it's not actually going to give you any marks. So with your contextual information, salt and pepper it through the essay. You want a sentence here, a sentence there, and no more than that. It will help you formulate your ideas, definitely. All the information you read will help you, but in reality, only a very small amount of that information should make its way into the actual essay. And you're showing your understanding of that wider contextual debate just by making that one sentence comment on Mary Wollstonecraft. You are showing that understanding. You don't need to labour the point with lots of sentences about Mary Wollstonecraft. You know, in a sense, the essays are on Pride and Prejudice, so you don't want to lose time talking about Pride and Prejudice to be talking about Mary Wollstonecraft. Just give a comment here and there, pepper it through the essay, um, and then you will show your understanding of the social, historical, cultural context without compromising on the focus of the essay, which is the question and the text that you're studying. Um, so that's really, really crucial. Avoid the info dump. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests. So if you want me to talk about a text you're studying, get in touch. Thank you for listening. See you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast.